Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. The only thing worse than God not being in church is God not being in your church and acting like He is. Amen? Amen? And, uh, and uh, if <laughs> there are churches that have the production down like beautifully. And uh, man, they, they, they know how to... They know how to do everything, and uh, we're not that church, right? We we we're not that church, right? Like we 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 um, what what you see here is what you get. Nothing was uh, we don't pre-plan a move, we don't pre-plan a, a, a prophetic word, we don't pre-plan. We do pre-plan the message and the worship set. Like we are not just winging it, uh, but um, so we're going long a little longer this morning. And um, I wish I could say I apologize. I'm sorry uh, for maybe the inconvenience, but I'm not. I can't apologize for God, you know? It'd be like saying, I'm sorry he made the earth round. You know, like he built it exactly how he wanted it. And I don't want to say that, I just, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that God shows up. And uh, I, I, uh, uh, I have been experiencing the Lord in uh, really exquisite ways recently. And it's my hope that today you will as well. Amen? It, that is my hope. My hope today is that you would uh, receive a refreshing touch of the living God today. So mm, I am going to talk and then we're going to pray and then God is going to touch. That is if you would like a roadmap, amen, for today. That's what's going to happen. I don't know if you notice this or not, but um, we, we've been in uh, long seasons lately, but if we could be honest, life is a long season uh, and, and, and uh, this is not the easiest season to be alive in. But if we boil it all down, uh, most of life's battles are won and lost in your mind. Most of life's battles are won and lost in your mind. That, that's how um, two people uh, can be in the same situation. One is in abject depression and the other one is hopeful. Situations are identical. It's the battle in the mind. And there's a, a battle in our minds for control. We desperately, desperately want to have control. We desperately, desperately want life to be predictable. We desperately want to have um, uh, this, this, this knowledge that we know exactly how things are going to turn out and they're going to turn out for good. We invent theologies that say everything is always going to be good. We, 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 uh, tr- we're attracted to people uh, who will say that. And, um, and, and sometimes life does not go the way we want it to go. Can you say amen? There, there's strongholds of deception. And it make us believe something that's untrue about God. And this, these strongholds of deception keep us from hearing God's voice for our life. Because when we know God wrongly, we have wrong assumptions about the future. And when things don't happen, they cause us to be disappointed in God. That God somehow did not fulfill what he said he would do. Now, if you're married, you understand this uh, being disappointed in somebody not doing what you thought they were going to do. Because when you get married, you assume what the right way to do stuff is. And you've married someone who also assumes the right way to do stuff. And uh, your do stuff the right way are often very different. And so you're, especially early in a marriage, you have an expectation of them that they never communicated. And then you get offended because they, but you don't know that's what you do. You just know that they messed up. You just know that they messed up. You don't know that you had an assumption that they were going to do something. They never said that they were going to do. And then when they didn't do it, you were upset. And then they didn't repent of doing the wrong thing. Based, because we think that everybody lives in our mind. 
And we also think that people care what's going on in our mind. Right? There's the second deception. Uh, but God, God, is, um, God is limitless, though. And God has his own will. And, uh, and, and, and what we find out is um, this deception that the enemy sows in our mind is not only to keep us separated from God, it's to keep us separated from our calling, from the provision to come into our calling. We begin to, uh, uh, disappointment creates a stronghold, and within that stronghold, we believe the lie that I better take over. I better be in control. I, 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 I better run things around here because if I don't, I may be disappointed again. I better, I better take my life back into my hands. I better, you know, and we'll call it things like wisdom. We'll call it things like maturity. We gave our life to Jesus. We fully trusted him, fully expected him to come through and do everything. And then he, everything we are expecting him to do is not what he promised. And then he doesn't do it. And now it's like that new bridal relationship where we begin blaming him for not coming through in ways. And what I have found in this season is that um, God is working in everything. He's working in, in, in the feast and the famine. He's working in the abundance and the lack. He's working in the outpouring and he's working in the withholding. He is working in the community and he's working in the isolation. And for me, the isolation is painful. The feeling alone is painful. The feeling that you are uh, on your own is painful. Uh, but God, but, 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 but God is working in the midst of it and he's working something in your life today that is designed to bring him glory. But we have to win the battle over our minds so that we can trust that he will bring it to pass. That, that, that's the battle in our minds. The battle in our minds is to say, I don't need to, to jump out of the process in the middle so that I can feel safe and in control. The, the battle is I have to stay engaged in what God is doing even when I don't see Him doing it. You see, the enemy tricks us into cooperating with the plan of the enemy by the words of our mouth. There's warfare happening in our mind, and we have a choice of which voice we are going to echo in the earth. You see, there's power in our words. And, and we begin to, uh, my wife is very good at this for me, when I begin to get kind of depressed and a little anxious and a little focused on the wrong things. And uh, she starts catching my words. And I don't know if you're like me. When I am uh, complaining, I don't like to be interrupted. Like I'm on a roll here. This is ministering to my grief. Don't stop me from complaining, right? Like I'm feeling that my wife will, will check me. She's a good Holy Ghost check in my life to be like, that's not true. And I have pastors in my life that I'll, 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 I'll sit down with them and, uh, and I'll go to tell them this big, massive problem I have in my life. And as I'm talking to them, the Spirit of God is there in the room. And they're like, are you serious? This is compared to the unfathomable riches and glory of God. This is what you're focusing on? This little problem? This, this is the... And there's this, there's this, there's this checking. And, and, and the psalmist said it this way. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. I, I, there's, there's, there's an expectation from God that we would speak words that are pleasing to him. God, there are words that are acceptable and there are words that are unacceptable. Gossip, bitterness, judgment, slander, malice. All these are sin no matter who you're talking about. Doesn't matter if we're talking about a sinner or even worse, a saint. 
To enter in the gossip is to enter in the ministry of the devil. To enter into accusation is to enter into the ministry of the Satan that fell from heaven. The one who wants to corrupt the earth and tear down the church and, 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 and move wickedly in people's lives. And, and, and in my life, I, I begin to complain and complain turns into judgment. And then all of a sudden, I'm cooperating with the plan of the devil and wondering why I'm feeling worse. Right? And we can all get into this. We can all get into just like, oh, well, that's my, that's my personality. And God's like, well, I'd like to give you a new personality. <laughs> well, that's just how I was raised. Well, the Lord would like to give you a new family. Well, that's just, that's just how I think. Well, he'd like to give you a new mind. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah amen. And, and this, is, this is from the Spirit. This is from the Spirit. And, and, and I fall into pits where I, where I forget this. And the Lord... And I was very anxious uh, in a recent season, and the Lord showed up and He spoke something that I didn't, I didn't particularly like. I'm going to be honest with you. He said, uh, "He said, here's what He said to me." <laughs> he said, uh, "He said, uh, He said, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, when the Lord speaks to you and it's very clear, and then you try to put it into words, and all of a sudden it doesn't make sense anymore, right?" Uh, here's what He spoke to me. He said, "He said to me that uh, anxiety is is rooted in pride." This is what He told me. He said, there, "There's a," He said, "There's an arrogance." In anxiety. I'm not rebuking anybody who's anxious. Don't, that's not what I'm saying. But here's what he told me. There's an arrogance in anxiety. Right? And this is what he said. I think you have the point here. There's an arrogance. He said, I know what's going to happen and I know it's bad. The arrogance in anxiety says that I know the future and I know it's going to be bad. First of all, we don't know the future. Number one. And number two, to say I know it's going to be bad is to say that God is not God. Could it be bad? Could be bad. But to say that I know the future and I know it's going to be bad, there's an, there's a, there's an inherent arrogance in thinking or being resolved that it's revealed to me that the future is bad for me. That's the devil want to steal hope from you. That's the war in your mind. And when you believe the future is bad, then all you're looking for is bad because you get this confirmation bias. And every little bad thing that happens is confirmation that bad is coming and I'm living in bad. And, and this is the war in our minds that God wants us to win by the power of the Spirit. Are you with me? Amen, amen, amen. See, we need to move beyond natural knowledge into spiritual knowledge. We need to move into the truth. This is what, this is what this is, Paul, Paul talked about this. See, we are weak. We are inherently weak people and the deception that us Christians can walk under and the accusation that the world has against us is that we think we know everything and that we're capable of judging everyone. When Jesus told us not to judge anyone, we think we're somehow in a place where we can judge and that we know things that we don't actually know. And as Christians, we're supposed to see God and recognize, I don't know nothing. And the more I see God, the more I have to recognize, I don't know anything. He's the one who, if anybody knows anything, it's him. It's definitely not me. If you've encountered Jesus, you know that he is good and I'm just trying to stay in the game, right? Like if you've met the spirit of Christ, you know, he is wisdom, I am not, right? And, and, and so we have to recognize that in my flesh, I am weak. I can't come up with these judgments. I, I, I can't come up with, with, with... I was so thought like it was getting loud. I was like, what, what, maybe it's me. I thought maybe, maybe it was the trumpets blasting. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know, I'm good. Watch this, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Watch this, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and... 
Come on, if you're going to clap, clap, come on. How do you know if you're in the spirit, you're in the flesh? Are you at peace? Do you believe life is coming or do you believe death is coming? Are you anxious about the future? Or are you hopeful? And in this season, I have not been in peace. And I've been wrestling and the Lord said, hey, there's this arrogance and anxiety. You think you know the future and you think you know it's going to be bad. I'm like, wow. All right, then. All right, then. And so you're like, well, it's what? I got to believe it's good. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. Yes. But that that's that doesn't feel like that's exactly you're going by the flesh. You're going by feelings. You're going by this soulish physical realm, thinking that that gives you some sort of knowledge about the future, that you inherently are wise and know what's coming. And, and uh, see, see, the, the problem for us Christians are we're called to do greater things than we're able to do. Like we're called to do what we're called to collectively and individually. I, we can't do them. And so what we do is we try to rationalize what we can accomplish and we figure the call is really that. What can I actually muster up with my gifts and my strength? And, oh, Jesus, help me. Um, staying focused. The, this is the battle that's in the church today. Are we going to figure out how to look like a move of God or are we going to have a move of God? Because you can't plan a move of God. You can't script a move of God because it's going to be different than whatever you planned and whatever you scripted. Why? Because he's God. And he's not sharing that with anybody. He is God alone. And in our service today, uh, we, 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 we like the service to be a little bit shorter. We've been trying to work on it. But God showed up and we have to make a choice. Are we following the spirit or are we following the flesh? And for us, we decided just following God is better. Can be more uncomfortable though, right? Can we be honest? Following God can be far more uncomfortable. It keeps us in relationships we may not want to be in. It keeps us in situations we want to run from. It, it, it keeps us uh, with a mind frame we may not want. It keeps us doing things that we would like to withdraw from. And God is like, that. your plan is great. The only problem is I'm not involved in it. Right? And, and, and I want to be involved in God's plan because the surrendered life is the peaceful life. The life surrendered to God is the life at peace. The life that, at, at peace with God just says, you know, hey, I... I Here's what I found out. We don't learn a lot by telling God what we want to have happen. We don't learn a lot when our prayer time is spent telling God what we think he should do. That, that, that's, that's not where we grow. That's not how we get stretched. We learn when we look at God, not through the lens of what I want or what I think should happen, but just God, who are you? Let me see who you are. And as we behold who he is, then we can rightly look at the world and see how the world is. If we really see the love of God, hear me, friends. If you really, if you, like, you know if somebody's encountered the love of God, right? Like, like, you know. They talk about God different. They talk about life different. They even talk about their own failures different. When you encounter the love of God, the whole world tastes different. Like I see Corey cooking these things and I'm like, maybe I haven't encountered that love yet. Because none of that looks like it tastes good. But he says he's just enjoy eating them. He's like in some sort of food nirvana. Like, and I'm like, that's a big, what is that? I don't even know what that is you're eating. But there's a joy. And so like when you encounter God, you encounter the love of God. And I'm not comparing God to the big guava thing I saw on his Instagram. That's not what I'm doing. Whatever it is. I don't even know what a guava is. I'm going to be honest with you, right? I don't eat a lot of vegetables. 
No, no, that's the thing. I don't know what guava is, and I don't eat vegetables. Look, there's meat and vegetables. That's all there is. And I only eat the meat, all right? When you've encountered the, when you know, you know. When you encounter the love of God, there is a grace that comes on your life for people, for the world. When you encounter the love of God, you're like, I really can surrender because I know he's good and I know he loves me. I don't know where we're going. I'm not sure what's happening. But I know it's going to be good because my father in heaven loves me. See, we learn by going to God with an open hand. We, go, we learn by going to God and just saying, Here, here's my plan, here's my hopes, here's my dreams, here's my fears, here's my anxieties, here's my sin, here's what I think I'm good at, here's what I'm not so good at, this is what I'm terrified about. This is what I think about you, God. And fix this for me, please. Like, take out what you want to take out. Put in what you want to put in. If it's in front of me, it must be from God. If it's not, then I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to pray. This, 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 this is how we learn about God. Just, just whatever burden you want in my life, Lord, put it in. You see, what you, when, when you go to God like this, when you go to God with an open heart, when you go to God in humility, not trying to dictate the future to Him, you find out that pain and suffering do not have the final say over human existence. Pain and suffering do not get the last word in your life. See, lack and, and yeah, amen. Lack and, 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 and disappointment and failure, they never get the last amen when you're walking with God. You may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but he is with you and he's not living there. He's going to see you through. He's going to see you through. In that scripture that David talks about walking through that valley, in the Kidron Valley, there's, uh, on one end was uh, old, um, old Jerusalem, the city of David. And uh, if you go up either hill, it's super steep. The banks are super steep. All you, all you can do, and they call it the valley of death because it's dark. It's easy to see you down at the bottom. And the only way to get through it is to go through it. Every other avenue leads to death. Every other path leads to death. You go back, you're going to die. You go up one side, you're going to die. You go up the other side, you're going to die. You have to, just, you have to go through the valley, but in the battle in our mind, the enemy's like, you know, you've probably gone far enough now. That's probably good. That's, let's, let's pick another route. Because he knows all other paths lead to destruction. We, sometimes we just got to go through the desert the Lord has led us into. We, we just got to walk through this valley. And I'm telling you as a guy who started this message talking about me complaining. Right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking to you from someone who says, you know, I, I, I'm always getting this right. I'm not talking to someone who's like, I'm, I'm floating on a cloud. I'm talking to somebody like, I, I, I've, I've, I've tested the, the go back thing. I've tested the go right or go left. And it never produces the peace of God. You've you got to go with the Holy Ghost. You've you got to go with God. You've got to go with where God has led you. See, we, we, life is so scary at times. And, and the future can look so scary and then we're going to miss it or we're going to go the wrong way or God is, it's, it's so packed with, with fear, but I want you to remember this, even if you're in a fearful season right now, if anxiety is gripping you today, listen, we, we are fearful, but God has given us a promise. God has given you a promise, and that promise has not gone away just because you don't believe it. The promise is not just like expired because it's taken a long time. Abraham was put to sleep. He was under a deep sleep, the Bible says. And then the Lord 
while he was asleep, came and gave him the covenant. And Abraham then tried to sabotage this covenant over and over again. He brought his wife and he said, hey, listen, I want you to just act like you're my sister, not my wife. And so, you know, if they rape you, that's fine. But I'm scared. And God's like, nope, uh -uh. I got I got a promise with you. I put it on you when you are asleep because I want you to know it's not about you. It's not something you could agree to on purpose. It's about me and what I am going to do in your life. So, no, I'm not going to let your, your, your wife get raped. Oh, say, oh you, you slept with the concubine? I don't care. I'm not going to let you lose your promise. Oh, you're old in age? No, 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 no. This was my promise on your life. This wasn't an agreement that we made. This wasn't a covenant where God said, hey, if you do this, then I will do that. No, no, this was God put Abraham under a deep sleep and came and gave him a covenant. Listen, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you came into a covenant with a very good God. And in order for God not to come through in your life, he would have to deny the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And I'm here to let you know you are not that important. I am not that important. My, 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 you know, my need to fail is not bigger than God's need to win. Amen. See, Jesus conquered all of this on the cross. And you get to come into it just because God is good. Amen. You ain't at the end of the road. You are not there of all of human existence as Jesus Christ. You are not the one who's going to show God to be a failure. He is going to show himself faithful in your life. Here's how Paul said. He said, for I am convinced that neither death, watch this, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing that will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hear me. Can you imagine being in Christ and failing? Is that even possible? Is it even possible that you would be in him and he fail? It's unfathomable. And what's in Jesus' love? God is love. God never said, I am judgment. He didn't say, I am angry. He didn't say, I am punishment. He said, I am love. I am love. And Paul said, there's nothing that can separate you from that, from the God of love. There ain't nothing could separate you from the God of love. And so he sent me here today to tell you, get your thinking right. Because you're focusing on the wrong part of life. You're focusing on the flesh, which is fearful, uncertain, not knowing if God is going to come through, if things are going to work out for you. He wants you to focus on the spirit. Hello. And the spirit, which is connected to the spirit of life, which is where your success is in the name of Jesus. He wants you to be connected to the life of God and he wants you to walk in the peace of God. I feel, the, I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. How do we do this, though? How do, we, how, do we, how do we transition from walking in the flesh to walking in the Spirit? Paul tells it again in Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I want you to think about this. You're like, God, I don't even know what to do. And Jesus is like, that don't matter. It's my spirit at work. It's my spirit at work on the inside of you doing what you could not do on your own. Now, could you imagine being unseparable from the love of God in Christ Jesus, right? So Paul's saying you're in, you are in Christ. Nothing gets you out. And then he says, and then he says, the spirit himself is the one praying for you. Well, good God. And we already know that the father loves us. How are you going to lose? How are you going to lose? You stay in the spirit. How are you going to lose? But we're not aware of that. So, so just like we talked a couple weeks ago, just like you can bring heaven to earth with your walking in godly ways, you can bring hell to earth with your judgments, bitterness, unforgiveness, gossip, focusing on the wrong things. 
living in the turmoil of sin, living in the dis-ease of bad choices, living, living in, the, in the midst of judgment because you won't relinquish your judgment. We can live in that if we want, but I, I, I personally rather live in heaven on earth. Amen? We, we just got to decide, I'm going to stop living in the place of judgment. I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to trust God. And so how do, we, how, do we, how do we do this? We need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray in the Spirit. In this season, you need to be praying in the Spirit. I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm at the end of my rope. I feel like I'm getting squeezed. I feel like the world is closing in on me at times. I, I got life transitions. We got church transitions. got country transitions. got world transitions happening. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do. You know what I'm doing? I'm praying in tongues. I am just praying in the Spirit. Because I don't know what to pray. I don't know the will of God. You're saying, I want to pray, but I don't, I don't know what the will of God is. Pray in the Holy Ghost because He knows. He knows what the will is of the Father. And so you just begin to pray in the Spirit. And I've just been praying in the Spirit. And I'm watching God do something. See, friend, you are not alone. God will not abandon you. It's impossible for Him to abandon you. He can't do it. He's a good Father. He will not abandon you. And the enemy wants you to say, oh, man, I'm on my own here. I, oh, gosh, oh, God, you forgot about me. No, 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 no. He has sent you a helper, the Spirit of God. And I want you to see that today. I want you to see it today. I want you, once you see it, now you have power over it. That's why the enemy moves in darkness, because you can't see what he's doing. When he's moving in darkness, you can't see it. And so it's scary. That's why it's scarier to walk around at night than in the daytime, because you don't know what's coming, because you think you can defend yourself, right? Now, I don't care if it's night or day, an iguana's running at me, I'm freaking out, right? But at night, it's somehow more scary. I hate an iguana, right? I curse the person who released iguanas in Florida in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive me for my judgment, right? But I, I, I hate an iguana, and I don't want to run up on one. I don't want to be anywhere near them, right? Agreed. And so at night, we're like, what was that? What was that? What was that? And that's why the enemy moves in darkness. Here, let me tell you this. When we pray that our spiritual eyes are opened, okay, I'm going to say this very, very carefully. I feel this is for someone. When you pray for your spiritual eyes to be opened and all you see are scary demons, you might be halfway there. You might be halfway there. Um, once you see the spirit realm and how much love there is in the spirit realm, how much the Holy Ghost covers all in all the angels that he has assigned to you. And see, like if you get a baby iguana and you look at it this close, it looks like a dragon. It looks like it's going to eat you, right? It, 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 it's terrifying, right? Or, or, or you, you see like some of those, like they look at the bottom of the deepest parts of the ocean. You see these scary looking fish. You're like, that looks terrifying. Look at the teeth on that thing. And then you find out it's only three inches long. And they're like squishy. But up close, it looks terrifying. And so if you only see the problems, if you only, if you are focused enough on the failure, if, you're, if it's this close, it looks absolutely terrifying terrifying but when you say okay i'm going to look at god now i'm going to focus on god i'm going to focus on the promise of god in my life i'm going to focus on the word of god for my life i'm going to focus on the testimony of what he already brought me through all of a sudden we see this massive god and we look at that demon again and that thing's like this is it's like a mosquito and you're like are is this really what i was scared of are we serious right now are we because we're focused on the wrong thing we're focused on the wrong thing See, God is so very good. Come on up, Mike. God is so very, 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 very good. So very good. 
Can you hear what I'm telling you right now? And he's so much bigger. See, the challenge with looking at God through what we need is we limit him to our need. But when we look at God for who he is, who he's revealed in the scriptures, who he's revealed in our testimony, who he's revealed in the testimonies of the people around me, all of a sudden he gets very, very, very big. And then we see the little problem that we've been wrestling with is one very, 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 very small aspect of what he's doing on the earth. Then all of a sudden our very, very big God begins to eclipse our little problem. See, that's why we got to pray in the Spirit. We don't want to give voice to our fears. We don't want to give voice to what's plaguing us. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 14, For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands. Oh, you're praying in the Spirit. What were you saying? I don't know. Paul said nobody knows. Why are you asking me? Ask God. I'm not even trying to understand. I'd mess it up if I understood it. If I knew what the prayer was, I'd mess it up. I'd be changing it up. He's like, I just need to get you out of the way. Hear me. God put Abraham to sleep to establish a covenant in him. Sometimes God needs to get you out of the way of you to establish what he's doing in your life. Can you say amen? You see, because it's about God, it's not about you. It's not about your success. It's not even about your future. It's about who God wants to be in your life. Hallelujah. 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 You're not alone, friend. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. Anastasia, please come. That's why I'm staring at you intently. Hallelujah. No one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Why are they mysteries? Because you'll understand it. That's why we keep messing up our prayer life. We think we understand. We think we know what God is doing. We, we want to be in control. But friend, your life lost in Jesus is better than anything that you could control. Your life lost in the Holy Ghost is going to be more fulfilling than anything you could conjure up all your abilities and gifts to do. Jude chapter 1, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How's your faith been recently? How's your faith been? I've been in intercession for uh, saints in the third world who are being sacrificed, who are being murdered, who are being slaughtered, who are being rounded up and killed. There's many countries around the world right now. Just to have this meeting right now would have the police come in. It would be an act of defiance. And very quickly afterwards, the building would be on fire and we would all be shot, right? Like, like this, is, this is the reality of what would happen in many parts of the world. And when you look at real persecution, all of a sudden, having to wear a mask is not a, something you don't complain about. When we look at the real persecution that's happened to Christians all over the world, now we know what real faith looks like. Will I worship, even if it costs me everything? And I don't believe the Lord is challenging any of us today to be willing to die for the gospel right now. It's not what I think is happening. But I believe He is asking us, what will be the highest value in your life? 
Will it be the gospel? Will it be sharing your testimony with others? Will it be advancing the kingdom? Will it be loving your brother as yourself? Will it be establishing justice on the earth? Will it be seeing life beyond your immediate needs, the needs of those who are the lowest around you? Today's Juneteenth, the day we celebrate a portion of the American population experiencing the Exodus story in being freed from enslavement. And I don't think it's a coincidence that people, God's going to set people free today right here in this room who are not, in, not enslaved to anything nearly comparable in the natural, but in the spirit, there are people just as enslaved here today. And the Lord is going to set some people free. In this season, we need to build ourselves up in the spirit. In this season, we need to build ourselves up in the spirit. I feel it so strongly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to sing this song real quick. I believe the Lord is going to fill us once again. Stand with me if you would. And we're going to ask Holy Spirit to come. We're going to ask Him to come and do something significant in us. And in response, we are going to surrender. We're going to surrender afresh to the Spirit, wow, to the Spirit of God. Who's with me? Who's with me? Come on, come on, come on. Who's expecting God to do something? I do. So, Father, come. I'll wait for you to come. I'll wait for you to come Cause when I'm with you, Lord It always leaves me wanting more Here's our praise You can dwell within Yes, come Lord Jesus Come again Come again Let the glory end that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, 
nor any created thing will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to speak that into your spirit right now. Come on, I want to speak that in your spirit right now. We're going to sing this one more time, and then we're going to pray for you. Come on. Come on, begin to pray in the spirit if you've got a prayer language. Come on. Is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building. 
something you want to feel. Come on, sing it out. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would fill us. You would fill our hearts and set us free. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Come on, give a clap to the Lord. Listen, if you're a guy, we have a sign up for our men's get together. If you need to get right with God or you need to get free, to have altar ministry right here. Someone would love to pray for you and get you free. Give somebody a hug near you. Give a high five to somebody. Take somebody to lunch. God bless you. We'll see you next week.